And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website, hitthatline.com, for all types of great interviews, podcasts, articles, videos, whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. The national championship game. Wow. Boy, do I have some reactions to that. I also want to get into a conversation that we had on the morning rush this morning dealing with Darren McFadden, not only getting into the College Football Hall of Fame, I know we discussed that a little more yesterday, but really diving in deep into his career and his tenure at Arkansas and how it should have been a lot better than what it truly was. We'll also get into some nonsense as well. But we have to start with the national championship game. Clemson putting it to Alabama. 44 to 16. Let me reiterate that point and let me repeat myself in that score. 44 to 16. Clemson beats Alabama. There was no major injuries. There was no major suspensions before the game. I don't think anybody was sick on Alabama sidelines. Maybe they were sick to their stomachs after the game. But no one was out for any particular reason. Clemson just came in and mollywopped Alabama in a way that we have never seen happen under Nick Saban. And that's not a joke. That's not just, oh, you're being exaggerating. No, no, no. Nick Saban, while he has been at Alabama, has never lost by 28 points. In fact, the largest margin of defeat I believe was 16 points and there's never under Nick Saban had it been a game like this and there are a lot of storylines to take from it but I think one of the main storylines if not the main storyline that I take from it is that Clemson is here and they are here to stay I knew that they were a good program I knew they were a program that needed to be respected as being one of the better programs in the country. I think Dabo Sweeney is awesome. I love the way that he runs a football program. And I know that a lot of Razorback fans, if you felt like there was some excitement of brewing with what Chad Morse is able to do at Arkansas because of his Clemson ties, then I get why you could be excited about the possibilities. Not saying it'll be there, but just the possibilities alone. But it's just amazing to me how a team who was as dominant as Alabama was lost in this fashion I even said on the podcast yesterday that I had a feeling Clemson was going to win it was and I brought up the examples of dominant teams in the regular season in different sports and in different leagues having a lot of success looking really good but then when it comes down to it late in the season blame blame it on complacency blame it on fatigue blame it on whatever they start to fall off a little bit and then they get punched in the mouth and they don't know how to punch back and that's exactly what we saw in this game. Dabo Sweeney worked Arkansas or worked Alabama. He probably would have worked Arkansas too, but worked Alabama and worked Nick Saban in a way that it kind of leaves you sitting back and saying, the greatest coach in all of college football got outcoached by Dabo. Plain and simple. Trevor Lawrence was incredible where he went through 20 of 32 for passing, 347 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Tua looked very pedestrian. I know he threw 295 yards for 22 of 34. Nothing to shake a stick at about that, but two touchdowns, two interceptions. 
not going to get the job done. The entire time, Clemson's defense was all over Alabama. They did not score. Alabama, the Alabama, Crimson Tide, did not score in the second half. They only scored three points in the final three quarters of the game. This was the weirdest thing I've ever seen, folks. And like I said on the morning rush this morning, I chalked it up to something similar of, it was like watching your big brother get beat up by a girl. That's what this game reminded me of. It reminded me of, from the perspective that I have and a lot of Razorback fans have, for instance, you always look at Alabama as kind of the big brother of the conference. You're all a family. You're a rival against them. You want to beat them up. You want to beat them all the time. But you know what? He's still, he's still your brother. He's the biggest brother you got. And he's always been tough. And he's always been able to beat up on you and your other brothers and sisters around the conference. Just been able to do it without even question, just with one arm, essentially. And then when they get to the championship game, you're sitting back and like, all right, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Can you believe this? Can you believe this guy coming over here? What, do you, what does he think he's going to do? Well, the, oh, it's not even a guy. It's a girl. Oh, cute. Oh, man, can't wait to see what this happens. And then the girl beats you, your big brother and beats them handedly. And it's kind of uncomfortable. It's kind of weird. You don't really know how to respond. You don't really know what happened. You don't have an answer. You don't have an explanation. All you know is that the once mighty big brother of yours doesn't look so mighty anymore. Now, this is not to say that Alabama will not win another national championship. It's not to say that they won't come right back next season and win the SEC and maybe even go undefeated again because they have a lot of talent coming back. They got Tua coming back. And let's be honest, folks, it's Alabama. It's Nick Saban. They're not going to be down for long. But to see something as weird as that game last night is really what raises some red flags. Some people are wondering, why don't you talk more about just how good Clemson played, not just how bad Alabama looked. No, I think Clemson deserves all the credit in the world. Clemson proved that they are the best team in the country yesterday. And, I, I mean, it was – they're going to be around for a long time too. Like their entire offense, especially, is nothing but freshmen and sophomores. I mean, their best players on offense last night, Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback, and Justin Ross, the wide receiver, both were true freshmen. True freshmen, and they were killing it on the field. And so I don't think it's going to be anything changing for Clemson. And I think Dabo Sweeney is awesome. Again, I think he's a great coach, and he's have a coach you'd love to play for. But to see Alabama get beat like that, which, again, they have never been beaten like that before, it's such a rarity that you have to talk about it. You have to look at it and scratch your head and, and try to go through all of the games and the, and the setups and the plays and the calls and the decisions and say, where did it go wrong? Tua throwing a pick six early in the game? That's uncharacteristic. Alabama getting a bunch of penalties called against him I mean that that doesn't how does that make sense six penalties for 60 yards on Bama how Bama going through it for a fake field goal in the stupidest way possible during a stupid time of the game where they used their kicker as a lead blocker for their third string quarterback to run it up the middle and they don't get it who are these imposters that are claiming themselves to be the Alabama Crimson Tide? I have no idea. But what I do know 
is that basing it off of last night, this team from Alabama was human. And it makes you wonder, is it more about Alabama playing just one bad game or is it more to it? Is it maybe the SEC isn't as good or at least not as high caliber to the same level as teams like Alabama and Clemson and Notre Dame and all those teams are? Or was it just a bad game? Could it just chalk it up to that? Sure, sure we can. If it was anybody else but Nick Saban. Nick Saban doesn't have bad games. Nick Saban doesn't have bad games in the championship. Even the games that he lost in the national championship. They were close. Drag out fights against those teams. Never anything like this. The Crimson Tide looked ill-prepared, unmotivated. They looked out-coached. They looked out-manned. They looked out-gunned. They just looked like a team that was ready for the season to end and thought that they could just put it on coast mode and win. But they can't. And they couldn't. And that ended up being their demise at the end of the day. I thought it was a great game. And again, for if you, no matter if you wanted Alabama to win or Clemson to win or whoever, I think it, it was a good enough game that got you interested, that got you to think about storylines that can come from it. And heading into next season kind of seeing the black eye on Alabama. A lot of people may feel like they'll be able to get them. Maybe not be so scared, not feel like they're just above and beyond everybody else where you don't have a puncher's chance at it. I feel like that may be a factor that goes into it as well. But either way, I got to give kudos to Clemson and Dabo Sweeney. They deserve it all. And the craziest stat about this, folks, and this is something that got put up by Cole Kubik of the SEC Network. The craziest stat is that this Alabama-Clemson programs respectively the past four seasons both teams are 55 and 4 with two national titles both of them Alabama's been the gold standard Nick Saban and Alabama will continue to be the gold standard but the problem is is Clemson is right there with them now can Dabo take over as the premier coach and have Clemson as the premier program in all the country. He's certainly on his way to doing so. And if I had my druthers, and if I was a big-time player looking to go to a big-time program, and I had Alabama and Clemson both looking at me, I don't know why you wouldn't consider Clemson. They get it done at just a high level as Alabama but it certainly seems like they're having a lot more fun than what Alabama's been having the past few seasons. Congratulations to Clemson and Dabo Sweeney. We'll see if you can continue it on, and I hope to goodness we'll see this national championship rematch for the rubber match next season. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. I just have to be in honor of Darren McFadden, the GOAT, the greatest Razorback football player of all time, making it into the College Football Hall of Fame. Got to pay my respects. You know, it's one of those things that, you know, I actually uh, was, was thinking about this yesterday with McFadden, is he's one of those players that, and maybe you're, you're not the same way as I am, Tommy, but it's just one of those players I feel like you you kind of took for granted, and then once he was gone, you just 
that's when you truly realize how great he was. You knew he was a great player when he was at Arkansas. Don't get me wrong. But when he's gone and you're just like, man, what he was able to do, how he was able to do it, the way that he just carried Arkansas, the entire state on his back, and the story behind him, never taking any other visits to any other schools. A five-star caliber athlete taking no visits. He wanted to go to Arkansas and do what he did. I mean, it was just it was awesome. So couldn't couldn't happen to a better Arkansan than Darren McFadden making it into the College Football Hall of Fame. Absolutely. And um, I think in most people's opinion, the greatest Razorback football player ever. I think so. And probably, uh, in, without question, top five all-time SEC running back. Certainly since Arkansas joined the league, might be... I say the best since '92. I, say, I don't know. I say he's the best. We're, we're biased in that, but I, find make, me find make, somebody make else. Me the argument, yeah, because I'm sure people will bring up because Alabama's had some good running backs. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they've, uh, they've had some really Heisman Trophy winning running backs, mm-hmm. Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Mark, Mark yeah. Ingram. They've had some, but as good as those players were, it's it's just McFadden was explosive. Like you felt like those running backs were really good, but I didn't see Derrick Henry breaking off 80 yard runs against LSU. I didn't see Derrick Henry throwing touchdown passes out of the wild hog. You know, you, you just didn't see those plays from the... And not to take anything away from those running backs, because they're really good running backs. But McFadden was a do-it-all type of player where he had he had speed, top-level speed. He was... It was one of the few times, and this is how I always like to compare it to when people get bring up this discussion. It didn't matter who you played. It didn't matter the game. didn't matter anything. When Arkansas and Derrick McFadden stepped on the field... You knew, as a Razorback fan, that you had the best player on the field, no matter who you played. No matter offense, mm-hmm. defense, special teams, whatever. You had the best player on the field. And he had top-level speed. He had top-level strength. His stiff arm was disgusting. He, de- he had never avoided contact. He'd run right through you. People got out of his way. I mean, he just had the entire package of a running back. Mm-hmm. And... I think that, and another thing that maybe is underrated by McFadden was his stamina. Because I think back to the South Carolina game in 2007 where he rushed for 321 yards. Let me say that again 321 yeah. yards. While Felix Jones also rushed for 180. Not bad games from either one of them. But the biggest play in that game was an 80 yard run that he had to cap it all off late in the game. And one of the remarks that was brought up, I don't know if it was Trevor Maddich, I forgot who the call was on ESPN, but he says, Look at him. He's not even breathing hard. Mm-hmm. He had just rushed for over 300 yards, and he wasn't even breathing hard after after an 80-yard run. So, I mean, he was just the entire package. And for, I mean, obviously, him getting into the College Football Hall of Fame. Bob Davey. That's Bob Davey, yeah. Obviously, him getting into the College Football Hall of Fame. <clears throat> he said, it's not surprising. I mean, he absolutely deserves it. It's just a reminder for Arkansas fans of, you know, you've had some really good players come through here. I think the most disappointing thing about McFadden was the fact that they never really got to a level as a team that they should have. They with with McFadden, Felix Jones, and Peyton Hillis on that team, they went five hundred in the SEC. I mean, that's that's not that's not good. And and you think back to well, what could have been with that team and with that offense. It should have been a lot better and it should like McFadden should have had at least two seasons, at least two seasons of top five type years well you wonder if all of the drama following the 06 season that clearly carried over into the 07 season when 
with Gus Malzahn. Yeah, I mean, you know, we all, all know that. that what happened there with Nutt and Gus Malzahn and Springdale 5 and all of that. If all of that had been handled differently, more behind closed doors, less public drama, Malzahn stayed. What would have happened for McFadden's career the following year? Would it have been, been enough to to get the Heisman Trophy? I don't know. Would would this team certainly would have won more games? Arkansas would have played in the national championship game in 07 because the team that did was LSU, the team that they beat mm-hmm. and had two losses. I think Arkansas was a good enough team, talented enough team to win the SEC that year, and if they would have won the SEC, they would have played Ohio State in the national championship game. Now, obviously a lot of factors go into that because Missouri and West Virginia at the end of that year were 1-2, and two, and they both lost at the end of the season. So crazy things were happening that college football season. But that's what I'm going back to is I think that 07 season – the problem with that 07 year is you had talent across the board. I mean, it was amazing how much talent you had. But you lost you lost to Nick Saban team that first year. The Nick Saban was was 6 and 6. They lost to Louisiana Monroe. You lost to Kentucky that year at home. You lost to Auburn 9 to 7 at home. Like there was these games that you just look back on and you're like, "How? How did this happen? Why did this happen? How did you have you had three bona fide NFL caliber running backs on that team. Because as good as Darren McFadden had, Peyton Hillis, I've heard, I've heard people talk about in practices that played for Arkansas, and I had a friend of mine that was actually a walk-on during that time, who said that, yeah, McFadden's an awesome player, but he's not the best football player on that team. He said Peyton Hillis was the best football player on that team. And, and you could do everything. Yeah. Though. I mean, Peyton Hillis... He's a workhorse. Yeah, I, he, whatever he could, he could block. He could run. He, he could mm-hmm. do it all. And then you had Felix. Jones. I mean, you had three running backs right there. That if you just had a, a just an inkling of a passing game, if you were just able to have the threat, yeah, there's no telling what that offense could have done. Especially with Malzahn, if it would have worked out with him as the if offensive they'd have turned him loose. Yes, they would have turned him loose. Where you could have had <laughs> Mitch Mustaine develop. You would have had Damian Williams as a wide receiver. Just think about, though, the, the, the change in the history, the change in everything at Arkansas. Oh, it'd be night and day. Because you'd have never had Bobby Petrino. Nope. And, you know, I don't know that Nutt would still be the head coach at Arkansas after all these years, but it would be interesting to see how history would be rewritten. I think I think that Nutt would have either left or retired or something, and then Malzahn would have taken over the reins. Perhaps. I mean, that's a reasonable thought. And then if you had Malzahn, you know, what what would you be like? Yeah, I mean, exactly. you wouldn't have gotten Ryan Mallett. Like, I mean, you just think about just the, the small things in history yeah. and how everything can change and where you would be at right now. Yeah. And I think that... It, but it, as great a career as McFadden had at Arkansas, you still feel like it could have been more. Yep. And that, and that was my whole point in yeah. all of it, is that as great His as it was... freshman year could have been more mm-hmm. if for, they'd have put him on the field sooner. Yep. Because they wouldn't recognize his greatest, greatness sooner yep and then the next year you, you won the sec west it was the only time you outright won the sec west where there was another team on probation that is the reason you won it like you straight up won the sec west but you had games and head scratchers like that lsu game at the end of the year in little rock that's like you lost I mean, how you stop and think about all of these things we just talked about and robbie just sent a note in that i think is is spot on i mean houston nut right now is living in dallas being a second string studio analyst for cbs right mm-hmm. is that accurate yeah that's pretty accurate. much second string right yep gets to go he gets to go to new york and fill in on occasion but he's pretty much yeah vanished to the cbs sports network you know, go find that on cable if he had handled all of this other stuff 
more on the up and up and maybe what we would deem as correctly in 06 and less drama and gotten out of there in 07, probably would have continued his coaching career. Like you said, perhaps maybe Malzahn becomes head coach. What do you think would have happened with Houston Nutt? Robbie just sent in a note, and he's right. Athletic director? AD. Mm-hmm. Instead of sitting down there in Dallas. Probably. And people being would not, second string on and CBS. People would not have the dis- a bad gig, don't no, get me wrong. No. But people would not have the disdain towards Houston Nutt like they do still to this day because of the handling of that situation. Yeah. And that's what makes it so disappointing is because you think back to what could have been, not only in those years, but going forward in Arkansas football. Because, listen, I don't think anybody hated Houston Nutt or wanted Houston Nutt gone because yeah. he was just, I mean, he wasn't a good coach. Or he, it was it was the other stuff that he felt like he and his problems yeah. and his ego was keeping the program from getting to a level that it needed to be. That whole Gus Malzahn, it was doomed from the start. Well. And it, it was just high school, a, high school. Yeah. Like you had the high school stuff. You had the the letters where or the emails that Teresa Pruitt, Danny Nutt's uh, therapist, was sending to Mitch Mustaine quite like with homophobic slurs. You had, you know, where who was that email was getting forwarded among the wives of coaches like you just had so many things going on where it's just like, how come y'all just can't play football? How come y'all just can't worry about well, winning? All of it handled right. Houston Nutt could be the second biggest figure Yes. In the history of the program yes. behind Frank Broyles. Yes. He could be. As far as football. Because he's, he was an, Ar- could, he was an it, Arkansas guy. It could be Frank Nolan and Houston Nutt. Yep. If all that had been different, perhaps. Yep. Yep. Well, especially perhaps. if they would have played for a national title, which I think they had a really yeah. good shot at doing. Like, Could you imagine right and, now what Houston Nutt would be looked at if he would have played for a national title in 07 like they should have? But we started this conversation with McFadden. Where would Houston Nutt be if McFadden had never become a Razorback? Oh, I mean, that's I. Hey, I've said this. I mean, the, I've said this the whole time. There is only two players that you can give credit for Houston Nutt and the why he was at Arkansas so long: Matt Jones and Darren McFadden. Yeah. If it wasn't for those two players, I think Houston Nutt would have not made it for ten years at Arkansas. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at your neighbor John for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. And we'll be sure to keep it going all week long, all spring long. Basketball is going to get here. We're going to talk about that tomorrow as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Tomorrow afternoon, have a great night, everybody. We will see you then. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.